This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on kyokradio.org. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. All right, Houston, you've got me, Gilbert, Gilbert Garcia. Talk, inspiration, and prayer, a tip from me. Mr. Producer, let this song go just a little bit. I love this song. I just love this song. Open the eyes of my heart. We'll play it in its entirety at the end. And, of course, this version is by Michael Smith, probably the most successful Christian artist uh, in the history of music. Extraordinary gentleman with an extraordinary past. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on let's play a little bit more there mr minister i mean mr excuse me producer you are a minister too though aren't you mr producer amen it's open the eyes of my heart lord open the eyes of my heart i want to see you boy what a beautiful thing that is to want to see the lord i want to see you to see you high and lifted up shining in the light of your glory pour out your power and love and we sing holy 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 All right, let's go ahead and move on to our guest, and we'll play that in its entirety. I have a very special guest because he happens to be a good friend of mine, but more importantly than that, he's really been a mentor to me. When I was chairman of Metro, you know, being in public life when you're chairman of Metro, there's always things that happen, just naturally things that happen. And sometimes, no matter who you may be or all your experiences, you just need a good I don't, want you, I don't know if it's a spiritual advisor or advisor or as they say in the Godfather Consigliere or whatever you want to say, at the end of the day, I would turn to Minister Muhammad and he would uh, help me through some of those times. Uh, Minister Muhammad, welcome to a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. The studio audience is giving you a big hand of a, a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you, Gilbert. I'm honored to be here with you today. And... Uh, I can say this um, without fear of contradiction, that, you know, we may not share the same worldview, but your respect is such that it's not that you believe everything that I believe, but you believe that I believe it. And that's the beginning of respect and dialogue between Amen. two people. That's right. And if people would take that approach. You don't have to believe what I believe, and I don't have to believe what you believe, but if I believed sincerely in your heart that you believe what you believe, then I have to uh, put my thesis against your antithesis or your antithesis against my thesis, and hopefully in a pluralistic society we can come away with a synthesis or some kind of consensus so that we can move forward and move the society forward. Amen to that. Let me. What, you, you already brought up already many questions I have in my mind, which is, first of all, you know, these have been extraordinary times. 
whether it's America and what happened last year, whether it's America, what's happened in the Supreme Court, whether it's COVID, but these are extraordinary times. And when there's extraordinary times, you know, Minister, sometimes it's hard to keep your faith. How do you keep your faith so much? And how do you continue to uplift others? Because if there's ever a time to just want to just pitch it all and say, what is happening? It's kind of now. Well, you know, as a student of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad under leadership of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I am guided by faith. And my worldview is shaped by Scripture, looking at Scripture. And knowing God that he's all-seeing, all-wise, omnipresent, and omnipotent, there's no way he missed the United States of America, even though in the Bible and Holy Quran you can't find it there by name. But there's no way that God could have missed the greatest military, cultural, economic superpower in the last 6,000 years. So you have to look at it through the context of what happened to the sister nations that have gone before her. And if she will pay attention to those sister nations that are in the dustbin of history, then she has an opportunity to preserve and protect and to prolong herself. But if she does not, then the warnings that uh, were heeded by Nineveh when Jonah came to them uh, will result in the condemnation and the destruction that Nahum brought when he came after Jonah. They repented for a while, but then they, they didn't repent. And then Nahum, who's one of the minor prophets, the seventh of the minor prophets, he comes and he literally is only a three-chapter uh, uh, study. But he's very stern in his condemnation of Nineveh. And unfortunately, uh, two years after his, his uh, prophecy, uh, Nineveh came to an end. So we are instructed by those who have gone before us because, uh, as my teacher has taught me, that of all of our studies, history is best qualified and most attractive to reward our research. And if we look at history, we're able to glean from history why we are where we are. And we'll be able to predict, really using mathematical algorithms like you use in your business mm -hmm. to predict where the market is going. Well, we can predict with mathematical precision where this country or this world is going if it does not heed the warning of the voice of God in our midst. Well, you know, when, and when you put it in the context of sort of world history, the U.S. is very young. I mean, we're a little over 200 years. We're very, very young. Um, what do you think have been some of the missteps of some of the great civilizations in the past? How, how did they lose their way? Well, if you look at them, th there's, a con there's a consistency uh, with all of them uh, as, you, as you go through time. What happens is, is that there is a, a beginning that is, is very is pure. In other words, there is a charismatic leader. There is a set of principles by which they live upon. And then what happens is, is that as they build the superstructure of the society and get further, unfortunately, they get decadent and they get away from those original principles. And what happens is, is that unfortunately, many of those uh, nations that have gone before, whether it, be, whether it be Egypt, whether it be Greece, whether it be Rome, whether it be the Ottoman Empire, whether it be the Dutch uh, Empire, whether it be the British Empire, or, or whether it be now at this point America and the rise now or the Russian Empire or the rise now of the Chinese Empire. Mm -hmm. 
if they follow that same pattern, they they will wind up in the same place. So when you look at the Roman, well, you you look at Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, he leaned more towards study of Greece because he's more of an individual freedom type fella. And when you looked at Madison, and we live in what you call a Madisonian democracy, or Madisonian republic, actually, he studied Rome. Rome had a republic. So when you look at, when you look at it, we have a representative form of government. We, we constantly say we live in democracy, but it's really not a democracy. Because the founding fathers, those 39 men that signed the Constitution on September 17, 1787, they were white male property owners. And in truth, they did not even see white male non-property owners voting. And they set up the electoral college so that the masses would not necessarily control what happened in this new government that they, that they came up with. It took a thousand years for, for it to be said that all roads lead to Rome. It took 500 years for it to be said that the sun never sets on the British Empire. And now, as you said, we've come up in literally 250 years. Well, those examples that have gone before should be the examples that we should look at. What happened to Rome? What happened to Greece? They became uh, involved in licentious lifestyle. It was about Epicurean. It was about hedonism. It's about pleasure. And they got away from the things that, that brought them that, that kind of rugged spirit when you didn't have anything and you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. We gotten away from that. And right now, we don't really have people who are really willing to sacrifice for the good of the nation. And when we look at the fact that when we eliminated the draft here in America, we got all volunteer army. So there's a small amount of people and families in this country that are paying the price for, we say, for the freedom to serve in the uniform. Mm -hmm. And when you lose respect for the people who sacrifice, on so that you and I can have this free speech discussion. When you lose respect for the people who sacrifice so that we can involve yourself in free market capitalism, though it's not really free, but we can talk about that later. When you lose respect for the people who put on the badge and the uniform that will go out and will risk their lives to save your life and keep law and order, when you lose respect for the first responders that will run into a burning building to save you, your dog, your cat, your grandmama, and whomever, then you've got a society that is of perverse morals. And when you have uh, a societies of perverse morals, then you're going to see the decay. America will never be taken by anybody outside. It's going to be an internal rot that will take this country if we do not turn back to God. And it says, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, I want to see you. Well, the Beatitudes of Jesus says is that blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. So we got to purify our hearts in order to see God and to see and to know his will. And if we do that, then I, I believe that uh, there's a chance. But right now we're watching an unraveling of a great nation. And unfortunately, if we don't wake up uh, and we don't take this window of opportunity that's closing soon, uh, we soon will go uh, the way of the other sister nations that have gone before. We can't let that happen. 
Minister, we just cannot let it happen. We need everyone who's listening on the phone. We just cannot let that happen. And I don't know the solution if it's just uh, number one, we all need to pray. Uh, number two, everyone needs to register to vote. Vote, make your voice heard. Get involved in the community. I don't know. Maybe it's all the above, Minister. But at the end of the day, this country has come too far to let it go that way. Well, it, it all boils down to again to to obedience. You know, the Word of God is pretty clear. The Ten Commandments, you know, in, in law, and you know as reading regulations and you've got a compliance officer here, yes. your compliance officer, there are things in the law that says shall. Mm -hmm. Shall means it's obligatory. Yes. Shall means it's mandatory, right? So the Ten Commandments are not the Ten Suggestions. <laughs> They're not the Ten That's Recommendations. Right. They're, not, They're not the Ten Proposals. Uh, They're Commandments. Yeah. And if you're not going to follow those Ten Commandments, then what are you saying? Oh, gee whiz, you know, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods, his wife, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And, oh, well, gee whiz, let me tell a little white lie, yeah. you know, or, you know, maybe we can we can uh, shack out for a minute and God will forgive us, you know, that kind of thing. Because I can always go to confession. There that's you what, go. That's, that's what Catholics think. Well, I mean, that, that would be Catholics, but sometimes we treat we treat God like an ATM, you know, and we got we to gotta stop doing that. See, the beauty of, of Jesus Christ, and I know I'm on a gospel channel, and I want to say to you as a Muslim, you can't be a Muslim unless you believe in Jesus. I, I, I got to make that clear. But the view of Jesus that we have is like this. There's Jesus, the prophet, the prince, huh? There, and then there's Jesus, the Christ. Now, the Christ, when he returns, he's not coming back to do no gospel talking, no water walking. He's not going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He's not going to do any of that. He's coming back to execute judgment on the living and the dead. So understand that Christ comes back in the clouds with power to execute judgment. He's going to be king of king and lord of lords. That means that everybody's going to be sat down. Deng Xiaoping, uh, Putin, even Mr. Biden. They all will be sat down. How can you say the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and not expect a theocracy. I'm, I'm telling you, this, I really appreciate it. This is very, very thought-provoking, so much so our phones are just going crazy now. Let's go ahead and get a first call. I know we've got like four or five. If you're holding, please stand by. I'm going to try to get to as many of you as I can. And if you want to call and there's no more lines, there will be soon, call in at 832-570-8075. We're here with Minister Robert Muhammad, who's just really a, a scholar in a lot of these areas and so you're really talking to uh, a very informed learned person so let's get our first caller here our first caller do I have our first caller is there Isidro are you there Isidro are you there all right how about let's go to Miss Edna is there a Miss Edna on the phone We're going to get to you. We're going one by one there. I'm here. Is that Miss Edna? No, this is Miss Cedro. Oh, Cedro, how are you, my friend? You've got me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip for me, with Minister Robert Muhammad. Well, uh, our fearless leader, uh, you talked about change, 
uh, and yes, we do need change, and we need you in there. Uh, and let me address my dear friend, uh, Dr. Robert Mohammed, uh, a, a, a doctor in engineering, uh, a very, very, uh, very studied individual, uh, has always been involved in the in community, uh, and uh, uh, that's the type of leadership that we need, and he does it a uh, lot through the pulpit. Uh, and uh, what I'd, I'd like to also comment is I used to go to uh, every Thursday uh, to the Peace Center, uh, and uh, man, did I get educated. Uh, and we need to, uh, when it's all said and done, the Bible says, uh, uh, under one God, uh, in all the world, all the world will come under one God. And and we're together on that. I'm a Catholic. My beliefs are, are pretty uh, uh, stout. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and they've been proven through 71 years. Uh, of sometimes going and, and looking and trying uh, and learning other other perspectives. Uh, and that is the beauty of, of the minds that God created. Uh, he, he gave us the right to choose, uh, the right uh, to uh, make good decisions or bad decisions. Everything we do, uh, everything we say, uh, even the words that are coming out of my mouth, either unite and edify or they divide and destroy. Uh, and hopefully, through his guidance, uh, uh, that they are of the first, where we do unite uh, thoughts uh, and people of different tongues, uh, uh, and, and that we do edify his kingdom. Uh, I'd also like to change the subject a little bit. If I'm, no, let me, let me just get a comment there, and if I can get a second comment on something else that's happening this week. Well, my comment is, Isidro, I always appreciate when you call in, and I'm glad to know that, you know, you know of the minister and all his great work, because he's done so much in the community. Uh, but go ahead, hit us with yeah. your next comment there, Isidro. Okay. Uh, uh, there's a, uh, a situation uh, in our community that, uh, that, that uh, uh, bears attention, uh, and uh, we're having a meeting tonight, and I think uh, uh, Mr. Gilbert is leading uh, some of this, uh, but there there is a meeting uh, of, of tow truck drivers, and you say, well, you know, that's as far from the topic. No, uh, to serve others is is our command, uh, and, and uh, that Jesus is command. The greatest of the commandments next to uh, uh, for us to honor God. Uh, uh, so uh, they have a situation where. Uh, they're they're now uh, because of, of a policy that just got implemented uh, a couple of weeks ago um, uh, by the sheriff's department and the county uh, uh, through a contract that the county had with a company out of California called Auto Return. Uh, there will be uh, there are charging already twenty two dollars or more every time they they pick up a, a, a car on the highway, uh, and uh, and really we don't know why. Uh, what service is being provided because no extra service is provided and this money, this company is out of California. So uh, it, it's good that they brought it to uh, uh, to LULAC uh, the, 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 uh, and uh, they brought it up to LULAC National and, and then, of course, uh, uh, Gilbert, you're the vice president, you know, that our, that our, our council 
is uh, always takes uh, all of the situations very seriously. Well, so we are, you see, we let are me ask you this. That. Let me ask you just to clarify. So there's a normal tow fee, and you're saying that now they've implemented some sort of twenty-two dollar surcharge. Uh, in addition to that, yes. Uh, and where the, and where did who, and, and who did that, or why did they do that, and and you know who's the company, and was there any dialogue about it? Did they have any hearings about it? Did the tow people have a chance to talk about it? Uh, the answer uh, to the last question, no. Uh, and and it happened on the twelfth of October of last year at Commissioner's Court, uh, and it really went. If you look at it closely, uh, it doesn't point out that it's even a tow truck issue. Uh, uh, much less the uh, fee that was that, that was associated with it, uh, but it was passed, uh, uh, and uh, uh, it just got implemented uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Department uh, uh, personnel that run dispatch, uh, they've called in and said that uh, it's it's a real mess. Uh, uh, so uh, it, it's it's made uh, uh, highways a little unsafer. That's why LULAC is involved in it. Well, let me ask you, see, the, how, how does this happen? So was there a procurement? And how did a company, I mean, don't we have any, what service will this group do? And is there anybody in Houston that can do it? Or we had to go to California to do it, to have someone do it? That's why, you're, that's why you need to be in, in a position of leadership. And, uh, and I won't say much more, but you got my, my 100% support in anything that you plan uh, to get involved in in the future. But yes, uh, there was a company from here, it was called uh, UK International, uh, who submitted a, a, a proposal for $15, $15 uh, uh, instead of $22, and they did not receive it. It was given to the $22 uh, offer. And then, but even $15, it, it, we, we would question why, why is it, what service are you providing? Aside from dispatching, dispatching there's a there's an app uh, that all tow truck drivers have. Uh, uh, there's several, but one is, is called uh, uh, towing, uh, and uh, they uh, they provide that service for one dollar, uh, Gilbert. Uh, so so you know the question has to be asked. Well, I'd like to, you know, I don't want to use the whole time here, but I'd like to bring them on the radio. And, Minister, one thing we always do is we try to have people to talk about issues in the city. And, you know, it just seems to me, and I don't know, I'm not, maybe I'm just not that smart, but if somebody said, do you want to spend $10 for groceries or do you want, in the same exact groceries at the same exact store, or do you want to pay $40? Well, I would say, you know what? I think I'll just pay ten. I mean, why is it that if that somebody said they could do it for ten dollars, but we went with the one that's twenty-two? I don't know. Maybe I'm asking too many deep questions, but I want to know those things. So, you see, though, if would you please extend an invitation to the tow truck? Uh, I don't know if it's a union or the leadership, but I, I'd like to get them on here. Absolutely, and. Uh if you can make it, uh, it's going to be uh, this afternoon at 6 at the TBH, uh, uh, 333 South Jensen, uh, the uh, Teatro Bilingue uh, Center. Uh, and uh, uh, you'll see they have such tremendous participation because they're always on the radio. We had a meeting three weeks ago. There were 62 uh, tow truck operators that showed up overnight. Wow. So well, be a lot of, there'll well, be a lot of people today. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you I'm gonna have them on. So please make that invitation on my behalf if you don't mind. Marsha most certainly will, and uh, 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 
uh, Reverend, uh, we uh, uh, send my my best regards uh, and uh, uh, and keep doing all the good work. Same uh, to you, uh, Gracias, Hermano. Thank you, my brother, my friend. Uh, as uh, my degree actually is in urban planning, but I do hang out with engineers and architects. <laughs> but 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 more importantly, I, I, what we we attempt to do is, is service, servant leadership. Servant leadership. You can't save a people unless you serve a people. Mm. And you cannot lead a people unless you love the people. And you cannot redeem a people unless you respect the people. And uh, my respect for, for Isidro and the community uh, that he fights for uh, is such. And it, once again, as he said, he's Catholic, but we, we exchange ideas and we find a common humanity, the fight for justice, the fight for equality, yeah. not equality, a uh, guaranteed equality, but equality of opportunity. Oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's like the old James Brown song says, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Just open up the door. I'll get it myself. Yeah, there you go. And so and so what happens is, is that what he's pointing out and what you're digging at, Gilbert, is the fact that it seems like it's stacked against people who who offer something that appears just on the surface to be fair and equitable. But yet, something else happens that is unfair and uh, and not equitable for the taxpayers and ultimately for the public that has to consume it. So yes, we have to have a new kind of leadership. But the leadership has to be one that is that is morally grounded. It's not about uh, it's not about uh, all the time uh, that which is uh, how can I say uh, politically correct. Sometimes you have to make a stance, and you may be the lone voice against the whole world. But I'd rather be by myself with God and have the whole world against me. That way I'm still in the majority. Uh, <laughs> amen to that. Well, Isidro, we thank you, and, and we'll have you back, my friend. We, we've got, we got you, Yes, sir, we got several more callers. we got a Connie on the phone. Connie, are you there? Connie, are you there? If we lost to Connie, oh no, here we go. Connie, are you there? Hello, yes. You you have me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip for me with Minister Robert Muhammad. You got a question for me or for the minister? Yes, um, I have. I have a question for the minister. Hit him. Let's uh, go. Yes, as a community leader and a man of faith. What is your biggest fear about the current state of our country when it comes to gun violence? Mm, thank you for that question, Connie. Minister? I, be honest with you, Connie, I have no fear. My fear is only of God. And let me put it like this. You know, David said in, in, a, in the 23rd Psalms, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. The thing that concerns me more than anything is the fate of our children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren. Minister Farrakhan teaches us that children do what is natural until they're taught what is normal. A child will crawl, pull itself up, try to walk, run, fall down. That's natural. Who taught them that? 
that's in their DNA comes from the creator himself, from God himself. And play with other kids, no matter what color, no matter what. That, All yes. that. And then what happens is, is that, and unfortunately, it's the leadership. Mm -hmm. As it says in the old mafia movies, since you brought it up, the old mafia movies, the fish rots from the head down. Yep. So it's leadership and it's, it's um, misuse of the stewardship of the society that has led our children to accept folkways, mores, norms, and values that are rooted in violence. And so what we have to understand is, is that we have our children watching what we think is very, very innocent. But you can't name me a Marvel superhero or a DC superhero from the, from the Justice League or a Marvel Avenger that doesn't solve their problem with violence. You can't name me one Star Wars. Star Wars is named Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's it's about violence. And if you look at, if you want to know someone's values, look at their budget. What is the budget of the United States? It goes to the military. And didn't Eisenhower warn us against the military-industrial complex? We have 72 bases around the world. Why do we need that? China doesn't have 72 bases around the world, but they're all in the places where all of the rare earth minerals are, where all of the wealth is so that they can continue their dominance and hegemony now in manufacturing. We've ceded our manufacturing to, uh, to other countries. We have literally huddled out our middle class. And so we become a nation of consumers. If I want to do a label check, I'm going to look into your shirt, and it may say made in China, made in mm -hmm. Vietnam made in this place, made in that place, whatever happened to made in America. Growing up, as I grew up, Zenith and RCA and all of those were the standards. But, and if you had something from Japan, a transistor radio, we would clown you. My friends would clown, man, you got to know Chinese, cheap Chinese. But look at it now. We said to the Chinese, we said, to, excuse me, to Japanese, we said to Japanese. He said, well, can I make tanks? You said, no, we conquered you in war. You can't make tanks. Can I make airplanes? You can't make you can make commercial airplanes, but you can't. Can I make uh, 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 bombs? No, you can't make bombs anymore. We conquered you in war. Well, can I make TVs? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Can I make radios? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Can I make cars? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And next thing we looked up, we're we're driving Japanese cars. We're using Korean and and all kind of everybody else's technology. And here we are, a country. That, in, that when COVID hit, we didn't have the capacity to manufacture masks and respirators. What does that say? If we don't make anything. And the logistical supply chain. What happened was there wasn't people to unload the docks. Well, what was waiting there? All of the stuff that we bought from other countries. There's nothing wrong with trade. That's good. But we need to realize that we're not self-sufficient at this time. And, and a nation is not a nation, Minister Farrakhan teaches us, that does not manufacture for itself. So there's certain things we're going to have to get back to ourselves. But how do we do it and pay a living wage? See, this is the balance of equity. Equity, uh, as I defined it in my dissertation, is the appropriate distribution of benefits and burdens within and across generations. The appropriate distribution, that means that in some cases you have to give up something to get something for the bigger and the greater good. I go back to that, that civic spirit of us wanting to do something bigger and grander. And last thing I say is to um, 
Connie, is there's no solution to violent crime that does not include rebuilding family and community life. We really mm-hmm. got to get back to rebuilding our families and our community life. And that, that's where I stand. And when we see the, the erosion of family, we see the erosion of community life, then you see uh, the, the, the root of violence, Mr. Farquhar teaches us, is hopelessness. When you're not hopeful and you don't care about your life, how could you care about somebody else's? And what we have out here is literally when we were all in lockdown for these two years and we were separated one from another and we couldn't interact with one another in any kind of form, shape, form. I couldn't come visit you. You couldn't come visit me. Man, the Holy Quran calls Alan Sani, man is a social creature. And as a Muslim, I can pray by myself, but God mandates on Friday that I have a congregational prayer. We have to come together. We can have a personal relationship, but then there's an extended relationship that Jesus taught us about. He taught us about, he summarized the, the Ten Commandments and our relationship with God. And then he said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, neighborly love, Gilbert, is predicated on self-love. If I don't love myself, I'm not qualified to love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing uh, Jesus taught us was, he says uh, uh, that, uh, you know, he taught us that greater love hath no man than he would lay down his life for a friend. Where's our willingness to sacrifice mm-hmm. for one another? You know? And then his last and greatest commandment to us was, is love ye one another even as I have loved you. How did he love us? He gave up everything. He suffered. He suffered not only the cross. He suffered denial. He suffered betrayal. He suffered abandonment. That was his greatest pain. His greatest pain when he when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane was not so much the cross. He knew that's what he was born to do. But the pain that caused him the greatest pain, the cup that he wished he could take away from him, wasn't the cross. It was that his friend that walked with him, that sat at the table, that broke bread mm-hmm. with him, betrayed him. That the people, the man that was, he was going to lay the keys of the whole kingdom to, that one day would deny him. And that the apostle, the disciples, who eventually became apostles, would abandon him. And then there was women and only one apostle at the cross or disciple at the cross with Jesus. That's a heck of a thing when you taught multitudes. When you took two two fish and, and five loaves and you fed the multitudes. And then you look up, where was the blind man at Jesus at his trial? Where was he? Where were the witnesses? Where are the mm-hmm. people that he healed? Where was the, the woman that had the issuance of blood? Where is the, the man who he cast out demons of his son? Where were they at his trial? It wasn't for him to defend himself. It was for the people that saw what he did, even if they didn't believe that he was from God. Believe in what he did and showed that he was from God. What happened to those people? So a man that gives his heart and soul to a thing, and it don't love you back. I, I'll put it in a contemporary way. I know it's a Christian station, but I still have to go R&B. No, no, it. this is good. Please. Teddy Pendergrass had a song that says, so good, so good, loving somebody, and somebody loves you back, and that's a fact. But what happens if you love somebody, and they don't love you back? What happens if you give yourself to public service, Gilbert, as I'm hearing the Cedrill, he, 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 he was hinting at? You give yourself to public service. You give yourself as the chairman of Metro and then Metro or the city doesn't love you back or appreciate what you did and your mm-hmm. stewardship in taking us with the light rail and all the things that you inherited. 
and the, and the hard times that we were under at the time, and yet you managed it and still did what you did, and nobody ever says anything good about Gilbert Garcia's stewardship of it. This is this. It, how does that make you feel? And that's what I mean. So you have to you have to really be one who's focused on this. During our funeral services, we say a prayer, and it partially goes like this. It says, oh Allah, oh God, do not deprive us of his reward. Now, why am I saying that about somebody that's in the casket? He earned his, he or she earned their reward mm -hmm. with their Lord, with their God, right? <laughs> but I'm saying do not deprive us who are living of his reward. Means that everything that you and I are doing right now, Gilbert, is not for you and me. We're paying it forward for a generation yet unborn. So, you have to understand that if if you if you suffer the slings and out and and arrows of outrageous uh, uh, criticism, unwarranted criticism, then know that you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for a generation yet unborn. And you know me as Robert Muhammad, but the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gave me the name of Abdul Halim. Halim means is an Arabic word or a characteristic or attribute of God that it means to be forbearing. It means that you don't punish people. You don't react right away to what people do to you because you understand where they are. And I don't, he named me that uh, because he must know me because he said to me I had been with him a long time and I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot in this city. As he said to me one time, he said, brother, you could have been anything you wanted to be, but you're working with me. When you walk with a man as controversial as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, a man who's hated in many circles, then you have to you have to accept that. But I have a PhD. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't use drugs of any kind. I've never been arrested. I don't chase women. And and even in Pride Month, I don't chase men. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I don't have so much as an outstanding parking ticket to my name. I've been driving since I'm 14 years old. I'm 65 years young, and I've only had one speeding ticket, and I beat that because I took defensive driving. <laughs> I've been married to the same woman for 41 years. I have four sons, three of which are engineers. And my oldest son has a master's degree. They're married. I got grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And so what, why should I not be feted and, and, and accepted in all circles? It is because of the company that I keep. And I say I will not deny my minister. I will not deny the truth that he teaches. There ain't but one expert in this city on that man, and that's me, <laughs> and in what we believe. That's me. And I say that uh, very humbly, but I say it in respectfully to you and the Christian audience because at least you have the decency to come and dialogue with me and accept or reject what I offer to you of the wisdom that I've learned from my teacher and his example. And I know we got callers, so yeah, let's, and let's, let's get And I'm going to give you a question so you can be thinking about it, but what we said the call, which is I'd like to get into what are some of the fundamental differences between the Muslim faith and the Christian faith? I mean, what, what are those? I mean, the truth, I don't even know, frankly, and I'd like to know. Because you know what? When I'm with you, you sound like the most Christian man I know. When I just hear your voice and your love of people and humanity, and maybe that is the great mystery. Because deep inside, we all want the same thing. And we all sort of believe in a higher power. We all want to do well. We want to leave this place, this earth, better than how we got it. And we want to have 
opportunity for ourselves, for our children and their children, and on down the road. We have another caller. Let's see who we got. We have a Jackie. Jackie, are you there? Hi, good morning, Gilbert. Hello, Jackie. You have me, a tip from Gilbert with Minister Robert Muhammad. Hi, yes. Um, good morning, Gilbert, and go good morning, Houston. I do have a question for Minister Muhammad. I see that you're very involved within the community and very active on um, Twitter and social media, and I wanted to know what is your secret for your success, and also how can we follow you on those digital platforms? Well, thank you, Jackie. Minister? Well, on Twitter, I'm the Dots Connector. <laughs> is that what you're called? The Dots Connector. No, Dots Connector. Dots Connector. Yeah, well, it's named after my radio show, Connected Dots, that comes on another station. Uh, can I say that on your airways? KPFT, <laughs> Wednesdays at 3 p at 4 p.m. Oh, no, you can't say it. Oh, oh, I, can't, oh, oops, no, no, oops. oops I can't say it. Okay. No, 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 that's okay. That's no, okay. No. Stay with me, Minister. So the name, I've been on that air for 20 years. And it's, it's so it's Dodge Connector on Twitter. Uh, on uh, on uh, Instagram is A Halim H A L E E M Muhammad M U H A M M A D. Uh, that's on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, I'm I'm Dodge Connector. You can find me as Dodge Connector slash Dodge Connector. And uh, whatever the formula for success really comes down to vision. The scriptures say, without a vision, a people perish. Last three days. So, so go, go ahead and, and, and silence her off. There we go. Okay. So, uh, without a vision, the people perish. So, you have to have a vision. And a vision is something that really doesn't exist in real time. But God will take you through time and space. You know, there's, there's, there's five dimensions, four dimensions, but the fifth dimension is not a singing group. The, you know, there's linear there's when you go square, length, uh, length and, and width, and then there's cubes, length, width, height, and then there's time as a dimension. And the fifth dimension is a confluence of time and space. So a vision is something that you see. It doesn't exist because the spectrum of light actually is, is broader. Light is broader than the small spectrum we see from violet to red. It's broader. It's gamma rays. It's, it's microwaves. It's all of those things. And you have to see something that doesn't exist. Then, uh, uh, this isn't scriptural, but it makes perfect sense that without the right people, a vision can perish. Mm -hmm. So as you have a capable, competent, and qualified staff around you, and I do too, then your vision can't come to fruition. But lastly, a vision without a plan is a hallucination. <laughs> so you gotta have a plan. <laughs> So, so you have to have a vision. You got to put good people around you, and you got to be comfortable in your own skin. I may be Doctor Muhammad, but I got people around me that's smarter than I am. I have not met anybody that is not my superior. You see, Gilbert, the the the, the and and we can get into the conversation about abortion. This, this is a, a Christian station. I want to say to everyone, the position of the Nation of Islam on abortion is like this. In rape, incest, or the life of the woman, that's the exception. But abortion on demand, no. Why? Because when a man releases, if he's fertile, releases a billion sperm into that womb, God's laboratory, right? Only one makes it. 
that one sperm outswims 999,999,999 other sperm. That's the only one that makes it. That meant that that person that is coming into this world, listen to me well, had a better chance of hitting the lottery three times, the Powerball three times, mm-hmm. or typing the Bible, Holy Quran, backwards without making a mistake. <laughs> yeah. That's the odds of being born. So now why are we called into the world? You're called into the world, my teacher teaches me, because someone offered a prayer. Someone saw their mother or father dying of cancer and prayed for a cure. But it wasn't to be in that lifetime. But God, through the womb of a woman, remember, Jesus was born in a manger. So born, a a woman gives birth to the answer to our prayers. We don't know who we're killing. Now, we can have a theological debate on when does life begin. Or we can have a theological debate, or not the debate. I hate debates because it's like winners and losers. A dialogue. So we can exchange ideas and we can build. Mm-hmm. But what I'd like to see is a discussion or a dialogue on when life begins, a discussion or dialogue on where we go after death, life after death. But really what I'd like to have a discussion about, is there life after birth? If you want these children to come into the world, are you going to make sure that they're properly educated? Are you going to make sure that they uh, 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 have good nutrition? Are you going to make sure uh, that they have decent housing, good health care, and opportunity to involve themselves in the economic realities of America? Are you going to do that? If you're not, then don't be so hypocritical. And telling me, well, you, we, we're pro-life. You pro-life? Well, does life only begin at conception? Does life only begin when I take my first breath? Or is life from my birth to my death? And if you're not willing to give me life after birth, then stop the hypocrisy. But again, that's where we stand on that because we don't know whose prayers is being answered in the womb of that woman. Woman, we're taught our theology in the nation of Islam is that, that the woman must be honored, respected, and protected. That before the baby knows anything about Jesus or Allah or Republican or Democrat or, or independent or moderate or conservative or liberal, the first words usually that baby can say is mama. Mom is God's agent. Before that child knows God, God is that mother. Mother is God. And she can shape and form. She's his first nurse, his first teacher. So a society that does not honor, respect, and protect women is a society that is going to hell in a handbasket. But what if someone says the ultimate respect for a woman is to let her decide the fate of her own body? Let me put it like this. I'm pro-choice and pro-life. He said, man, that's crazy. No, it's not. Women have a choice as to who they cohabit with. Women have a choice as to who they lay down with, who they give themselves to, and when they do. That's free will. But once that sperm meets the egg, there's something else that's going on here. And you have to take it into consideration. Out of a billion sperm, that only one made it, is that the will of God. Now, if she is raped... If she is the, the uh, uh, taken advantage of with incest, 
if she is in danger of losing her life, then that should be decided between her, her spouse, or her, her significant other, her clergy person, if that's involved. That's a very personal thing. Well, I, I love your comments about when the child enters the world, it doesn't stop there. Let's not be hypocritical those that are, you know, feeling very good about the recent Supreme Court decision. The whole point is that's just the beginning when they're born. You've got to make sure they're going to have nutrition, education. We're not even educating the kids we have that are here already. Uh, and, you know, and we're not even giving them nutrition already. It's already a low priority. We're not spending the money for these folks. We're not putting in the infrastructure. So it's, you know, it's, it's one of those um, difficult decisions that we'll have to come back together, I think. I think this is a good topic for us, but because we have another caller, Minister, that's been waiting so patiently. I can't tell. Is that a Jeremy? Jeremy, are you there? Hey, I'm here. My name, it's, it's pronounced Jeremiah. How are y'all doing today? Jeremiah, I apologize to you, sir. No, 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 no problem. Hey, listen, uh, so I want to speak to, first, I want to speak to the testament of uh, Minister Mohammed out in the community. It's funny, I, we were just at an event this past weekend, Saturday, um, and, you know, doing what we can to try to impact the youth, these kids, and, and kind of stopping the violence. And and so my original question was, you know, what are your suggestions? And I wanted to hear from you both, Gilbert and uh, Mohammed, on what are some recommendations on how to stop the violence as we know, like there's been an uptick, there's been an increase in gun violence since the pandemic. Like it was bad before, but even more so now, it has become a pandemic in itself. Um, you kind of addressed that earlier. I would love to hear your thoughts though uh, on that as well, Gilbert. I know you have a guest on. Um, and the other thing is this, uh, for those of, who don't know uh, my background, so I'm a I'm convicted felon, served five years and now licensed professional counselor and i wanted to hear tips on on how you know even though i have reformed and i'm doing work in the community i went to uh, a pro a, a probation department a uh, a jail and i've gone to interviews and i've gotten two offers but when it comes down to hr they say no we cannot allow you to work in our facility because of your criminal background from 18 years ago and so do you have any tips or strategies on what you believe uh, is a better outcome that I can have in navigating the world that we live in today? Thank you. All wonderful topics. I'm going to let the minister touch base on some of them. But before he does, um, you know, there's one thing about the data that's clear. And again, I'm, I, you know, I have my own views. I try to be sort of neutral on the show more or less. Um, but the data is clear that where there are more guns, there is more gun violence. Whether you believe in any, just the data. And the data is clear. Where there is uh, the ability to, to fire off multiple bullets or multiple rounds at one time, the magazines, etc., there's more gun violence. Those are undeniable data. And so one thing that's clear is, and I'm a person that's driven by data, if you address those two issues, by definition, you should have less gun violence. Um, and that's without getting into things like a lot of things you said, Minister. What are we are our kids watching? What video games? What's in their mindset? What are what are all those other things? I mean, I'm not even getting there yet. But clearly, if there are fewer guns, 
if there's um, uh, the inability to shoot so many rounds at one time, there will be less gun violence. And I come from a family that was hunters. And when I grew up, um, hunting was something to be respectful of respectful of the animals that you hunt the game that you hunt respectful of the weapon that you use and the weapons were rifles they weren't fancy handguns and they weren't you know automatic weapons that's not hunting i know i hunted and we all had to go through gun safety classes and we all had to go through gun uh, marksman classes and all of our weapons were uh, you know locked up the bullets were not in the same place with the gun I mean, all of those things, you're taught to be respectful of the weapon. And I remember growing up as a boy, I don't recall if I was ever a member of the NRA or not. I don't think so. And I don't remember if my parents ever were or not. I don't think so, but I just don't recall. But I do remember vividly that the NRA used to be about uh, hunting, fishing, and somehow around the Reagan administration, it morphed into something else. But it used to just be about gun safety, sportsmanship, kind of like Boys, Boys Life magazine, which was the old, uh, for Boy Scouts. I'm, I'm aging myself here, Minister. But so I don't know if I'm answering the question, but I think that clearly the data is clear. And if you look at the data to address the data, you'll have a much better outcome. Minister, if you don't mind, I know you've done a lot of work with um, uh, people incarcerated. And I know you have lots of feelings to say about everything, but if you could just talk about that, like him specifically and people who've been incarcerated. I had a brother who was incarcerated for many years, and he's now out. And I have observed how difficult it is for him to integrate into society. So I can firsthand um, uh, say I understand what he's saying because it's so true. Minister, what are your comments, first of all, about incarceration and how to integrate people, especially our warriors, the, the men, back into society? You know, I, again, I go through the spiritual, I look at things from a spiritual standpoint. And God never sent revelation without a man or example. So for Jeremiah, what's important is, is that his mind has changed. He's taken on a whole new way of thinking, a new way of life, and he's serving for the youth as an example. So, Jeremiah, keep on keeping on the way you're going. Now, here's the difficulty, society. This is society's fault. If a person is, is, is prison for punishment or is it for reform? For me— It should be reform, minister. It should be. For me, it's reform. While I got your attention, let me teach, train, help you with anger management, help you with life skills, help you see things through the eyes of God as to what your potential is. You use your potential to organize a criminal activity when you could have organized yourself for a positive or some kind of uh, uh, something that will contribute to society. Once that happens, the person comes out they meet society that doesn't even respect the fact that now they're not on paper, they're not under any supervision, but now they're not a full human being anymore. That is a mistake because there are many people that once they're reformed and they've paid their debt to society that should be given an opportunity to live a full and complete freedom. 
problem is is that society will always hold that against you, unfortunately. And that unforgiveness, that ability, that inability to forgive, that, not to forget, but to forgive, is one of the downfalls of this nation. If we don't learn how to forgive, we can't move forward. Now, what is happening is, is that you're watching this downward spiral. You're watching people who don't even listen to each other no more. We're having this conversation, you and I. But there are people who won't even talk to one another. And if they get on the if they get on the radio, the television, liberal versus conservative, and they're going back and, and forth. And they're screaming and, and they're angry. All these talking points and all this kind of stuff. Look, man, you don't have to agree with me, but at least listen to what I'm telling you. And then consider the fact that 90% of what you're saying might be right, but there might be that 10% where you're wrong. And that 10% could be the downfall, your downfall if you just paid attention. So I, I say to uh, Jeremy, man, keep on keeping on. There's some things they can't, but what has to happen, and unfortunately it's happened, is, is they don't give resources to the people who have boots on the ground. They give it, just like the tow truck piece, they give it to people who they feel comfortable with or who got the inside track. But the Jeremy and others like that who got boots on the ground, who are paying the price, who are doing it, they will not give us the resources. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. And it's frustrating. That's one frustrating thing. It doesn't make me angry, but it's frustrating. And I say to myself, man, you must don't really love life. Can I tell you a short story before please. we go to this next Please, call? please, please. Do you remember the, the New Orleans policeman that was killed in the Galleria mm -hmm. and his came here? Do you know that while the brothers were out selling papers in South Lawn, they encountered those brothers? They were about to get into a fight. We broke up the fight. We made peace between them. Now, what would have happened if the brothers that were there could have said to those brothers, look, man, you don't have to live this lifestyle anymore. Here's my card. Come on down here. Let me give you some training. Let me get you in welding school. Let me do this. Let me get you, get off drugs. Let me help you with this kind of But you won't give me any resource? You want me to volunteer when people have to eat, pay rent, and do the same mm -hmm. thing that everybody else does? You love to use persons like me, but you don't want to reward persons like me. So our interaction at Metro was the fact that I worked, I worked, I was a bridge. I was a renaissance man. <clears throat> I could talk to, I had respect in the community, but I could come before the board or to you or to the president of Metro and to the staff, and I could speak the technical language that they were speaking and translate the frustrations of the people and take the technical language and explain it to the people. And that's how, that's how you were successful, particularly in the purple line. In the longest line of all of the light rail lines came in on time and under budget and had enough money left over to put in two stations, had... Representative Culberson really went along with, with what we had left and made that happen. But okay, but let's no, go. No, no, that, that that is so. I mean, listen, I'm very proud of uh, that, and I thank you for bringing it up. You know, there was the old show Carol Burnett, and at the end, she, she said, "I'm so glad we had this time together." Remember that song? Yes, Minister. It's already been an hour. Wow, okay. just like that. We do have a Miss Edna Griggs. Miss Edna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna play the song because I said I would. I know we've got about two minutes. Edna, you got about a minute there, please. What you got for me or the minister? Oh, I was just calling in to, to remind people to come out tonight to our Texas Democratic Women Metro meeting uh, and mixer at the IBW Hall, 1475 
North Loop West. And that's what we are doing, getting together and going to start organizing and making things happen. There is a new movement with women, and we are ready to fight. Amen. Wait, what time is that? Say that, that time 630, again. At 6.30 p.m. Okay. at IBEW Hall at 1475 North Loop West. Miss Edna, thank you so much for calling in, and please call in again. And everyone listening, this is your station. Call in and let us know. The minister and I, we, we don't have all the answers, but at the end of the day, it's all about love, loving each other, uh, loving one another. And so please call us again. You got me. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. Let's hear the rest of this song. All right. I know we're off the radio now, but we're still on social media. So to all of our team out there in the community on Facebook and all the other, uh, I can't even say Facebook anymore, right? I can't even say Facebook, but you know what I mean out there. And all the other modes of social media, you have me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip from me, talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're here every Monday from 11 to 12 on KWWJ, KYOK, and soon I'll be announcing a another network that we'll be simulcasting from. That'll be a total of three. Our studio audience likes that. You can always call in at 832-570-8075 and call in anytime. And you can always write me at a tip from Gilbert. No dots, no caps, no nothing. A tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. We had an extraordinary session with Mr. Minister Robert Muhammad, who's a very learned man, but more importantly, he's really a, a son of God. He's really a father, a grandfather. He's just a good friend, a mentor. He's all of those things. And so I really want to thank you, Minister. And I want to give you some of the last words here, Minister. What do you say out to Houston right now and out to all social media about how to keep your faith? You may not agree in the universe, people, about what the president's doing, what the Supreme Court is doing, what someone's doing. But at the end of the day, we are all one world. We are all one people, one race, the human race. And let's not lose sight of that. Minister, what are some of the last comments you want to share with Houston? Well, I think the thing that I believe that Houston needs to do is to look into the mirror. Everybody needs to look into the mirror. My teacher, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, teaches us that self-improvement is the basis for community development. If the individuals that make up the society are not whole, then the community is not whole. So we must, we must gain the ability to have self-examination, self-analysis, and self-correction. And so, again, I go back to learning to love yourself, but you can't love yourself unless you have knowledge of self. Mm -hmm. You have to know yourself. 
Once you know yourself and love yourself, then you can love others. The problem is most of us don't know who we are. We're a cardboard cutout of what society says we are, and we really are trying to please everyone but please God. Be, be proud of what God created you or made you. Be proud of that. Accept your attribute. The, the most frustrating thing in the world is for someone to know that they were born to be great. They were born to soar like an eagle, but they're down on the ground plucking on the dirt like a chicken. Mm-hmm. We got to make up our mind to understand that we, we're not even using the full capacity of our human potential. And really the truth of the matter is, is that all of us are born to reflect one of the attributes of God perfectly. But to what degree are we reflecting that now? So each one of us has, has a different set of fingerprints, voice prints, DNA. And so that makes us unique. Out of 7 billion people on the planet, they can identify me by my DNA, my voice, and my fingerprints. Isn't that something? That's incredible. That's incredible. Incredible. Right? So what does that tell you? That's an external sign of what's going on internal. There's nobody like me. There never has been and there never will be. There's nobody like you or those in the listening audience. There never has and there never will be. Why don't you live out your full potential before you're born and after you die? There's on our funeral programs, we'll say sunrise and sunset. And but before you're born and after you die is eternity. Is eternity before you were born, eternity after you die. All we get is this little dash. Why don't you make the best of it? Stop wasting your time in your life and get the most out of what God has given you that he allows you to walk on his earth and in his universe. Show your gratitude. Show your gratitude to God. And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the greatest religion. Mm -hmm. You say, well, the differences. I don't want to talk about the differences. Let me give you a common principle that if we live by, we'll be okay. No matter where you go to worship, where I go to worship, if you do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that's the best religion the most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught, Minister Farrakhan, and he has taught us. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I'm coming on Christian Station what do I need to quote the Quran for? They don't know nothing about the Holy Quran. So I'm going to speak the language that they know. Someone asked me a question about public policy. I'm going to talk about public policy. That's what I know. You know, if I want a tip from Gilbert on bonds, on the stock market, on what's going on, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to listen. Why? Because <laughs> sitting before me is God with a little g. As the scriptures say, ye are all God's children of the most high God. But what happens if you grow up and be like your father? You begin to reflect that. So what you know and what you've experienced is something that people should respect. I respect you in that way. As I said at the beginning and I'll say at the end, we don't have the same, we don't have the same worldview. My worldview is shaped by my great-grandparents, my grandparents, my mother, my father, the circumstances of life that I've experienced these 65 years. We can't see things always the same, but at least if we respect one another and listen, we can come up with something that's good for this city, good for this state, good for this world. And I say to the people that listen to us on social media, and I say to you and our, and our studio audience, I say like this, you know, I'm originally from New York, but I'm in love with Houston, Texas. I love this city. 
Texas is one of the greatest states in the, in the union, and I live in the greatest nation on earth. But great does not mean good. Babylon was great, but she wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Hurricane Harvey was great, but that sure wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So great is not synonymous with good. We have to be a good nation. If we're a good nation, we will preserve this nation. And our greatness will be preserved. And when we take care of the least among us, remember now, in Matthew 25, Jesus gives the criteria. There's three parables in there. There's the parable of the five foolish versions, the five wise versions. Then there's the parable of the, of the talents. But then the last parable is that God, he gives you a picture of the Son of Man stand, sitting on the throne. And before him are the nations of the nations of the earth. And he says to them, I was thirsty, you gave me not drink. I was hungry, you gave me not meat. I was naked, you clothed me not. I was out of doors, you, uh, I was a stranger, you took me not in. I was in jail, I was in the hospital, and you visited, you ministered not unto me. And the disciples said, when did we see you hung, thirsty, hungry, naked, out of doors, in a hospital, or in jail, and didn't minister? He said, even so much you haven't done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So you can love Jesus, we can love all the big leaders, all the big money people, the big entertainers, the big this, the big that. But the man on the street, the man living underneath the bridge, that mother, that, that grandmother, that young boy that don't have a father or his mother or he, he's living in difficult circumstances, those people we walk by every day, that junkie that's sitting there on the corner, that wino sitting on the corner, that man that's out there begging on the street, in so much as we haven't done anything for the least of Jesus' brethren, you've done it onto him. So who would spit in Jesus' face? Who would act like they don't see Jesus when they come up to the man begging? Who, who would do that? Who would pretend that they don't see Jesus living un, uh, underneath the bridge? Who would who would pretend? Nobody that would. People, nobody yeah, would. Nobody, nobody would. would. Nobody. But we do it every day, so we've done it unto him. And what was the end of all of that? Those who didn't do for those, he 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 he, he made them like goats. That's the nature of a goat. And then those who did, they were sheep, and they were given their eternal life in the kingdom. And the other ones was condemned. That's where this nation is going, my friend. I'm just telling you, Gilbert. There is this country is awash with wealth. There are people, there are billionaires now that are trying to steer this country. You gonna tell me you gonna buy Twitter? How are you gonna buy Twitter for thirty six million billion billion dollars with a B? Yeah. How you gonna do that? How you gonna determine? For, you know what's funny? The mom and pop shops got put out of business by the big box stores, Walmarts, and they were sitting high though. The Waltons were sitting high. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, my man Jeff Bezos come along with an Amazon model. Well, hey, you ain't gotta go there. Just go on my website and I'll deliver it to your house. And now they scrambling. Mm-hmm. So everybody's business model is under threat right now. But we don't understand that America's business model totally is under threat. And if we don't learn, how to help the man. See, somebody took up the ladder for the middle class. There used to be a blue collar path, not just go to school, get your four year degree and do all the things that you and I did. There was a blue collar path to the middle class. Somebody got up, climbed up the ladder and then pulled it up. And then they manipulate us by making us think it's his fault, it's that fault, it's the, it's the 
the people come across the border taking take your jobs. It's them black people. It's them women. It's mm-hmm. this one, that one. Mm-hmm. Everyone take away, man. So hold up, time out, time out. Really, truthfully, affirmative action is not a black, brown, red, uh, uh, yellow fight against white males. It really ain't. Affirmative action, if you look at, you say you're data-driven. Look at the hub reports. Look at all of the, mm-hmm. the small business reports. It is a bedroom, dining room, and living room fight within the white family. Sorry. I mean to bring it up, but it's the truth. Because in truth, it's his daughter, it's his wife, and it's his sister who have, according to the data, has benefited more from affirmative action. Mm-hmm. So, so, but why are we got we got the races fighting each other? We got all this kind of stuff going on, and we're fighting each other. And there's an old saying, I love Star Trek, and there was a thing where, where uh, uh, a Star Trek, the man said, you know, only a fool fights in a burning house. We're fighting each other, and somebody's burning down the house, mm-hmm. man. Stealing all the wealth and making the rest of us fight down here for the scraps that, that's left down here and blaming each other and taking advantage of the anger and the frustration we have. We're getting slapped around and we don't know who's hitting us. And he said, well, he hit you. Who? That one over there, he hit you. Truth of the matter is, beloved, is that we're going to have to hit the reset button. You know, your computer freezes up mm-hmm. or your program ain't working, running right. You're going to have to hit the reset button and we're going to have to do what the king of Nineveh did when he heard Jonah's preaching. What did he do? He took off his royal robes. He took off all his trappings of, his, of, of being uh, regal. He put on sackcloth, man, and laid in the dust. And by that, got his country, his, his city, an extension of time. Who's calling for a national day of prayer? for this gun violence? Who's calling for a national day of prayer that we come together and have some reasonable aspect when we look at this Roe versus Wade fallout? Who's having who's having a discussion about the economic uh, uh, angst that we're all suffering from? Who's who's having who's having a, a day of prayer so we can bring the people together so we can, as the scriptures say, come, let us reason together, regardless of creed, class, or color? Who's Who's calling for that? Ain't nobody calling for that. It's my rally. I'm going to have the women rally over here that's pro, pro-choice, and I'll have the women over here to rally for who's, who, who's pro-life. Where's the... Where's the... Mm-hmm. So this, this country is unraveling, man, because people no longer believe in the federalist system. They don't believe in it anymore. Well, we got to do our part. Me and you and the studio audience and every and, and it's it's remember that song by Michael Jackson? It starts with the man in the mirror. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. And I'm asking him to change, change his, his, his ways. Way. And that's where it begins. Well, let me say this, Minister, it was wonderful to have you on. It's great to see you again, my friend. And uh, the studio audience agrees. And let me just say to everyone out there in you know, cyberspace and Facebook and everything else. Um, I thank you for being on the show. This is Gilbert Garcia. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're here every Monday from 11 to 12. And again, this is your station, your show. Call in. Tell me what's going on in your community. Tell me what the youth are doing. The youth are our future. And again, I'll see you next time.
This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ, 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK, 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then.